What up, what up? Welcome back to the Outkick Bets Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Clark, and I'm flying solo today. My handicapping, hoops handicapping homie, David Troy, is taking a sabbatical. I think he's got some full-time job duties to take care of. So it's yours truly, again, on a solo podcast. I'm running a little bit late here. Tip-off for the first of Tuesday's three-game NBA slate is in four hours now i'm recording at 12 o'clock roughly pacific standard time Uh, but i wanted to get something on the record and i feel like spinning my tires on these playoff games here so i went 4-0 on my tuesday best bets i cashed with the um, philadelphia 76ers brooklyn nets under 225 and a half uh, the homie David Troy talked me into betting Joel Embiid over three and a half assists, which actually cashed in the first half. And then in game in the second game of uh, the two the Monday slate, I hit the Kings money line. Was Oppo and David on that one? And I cashed under Draymond Green eight and a half points, which obviously got a little bit lucky. Uh, Draymond scored like seven of Golden State's first, I think, ten points and split a couple free throws in the second half and ended up getting thrown out of the game for a flagrant two after stepping on um, DeMontis Sabonis. So I got a little lucky to catch that one, but the other two um, bets were, or the other three bets were were spot on. So I'm excited, maybe a little too excited, because I put four bets in here in uh, Tuesday's three games. All three are uh, game twos in their series, the first one we're looking at, the Atlanta Hawks down one game to nothing to the Boston Celtics. Tip off for that one, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. The Celtics uh, beat the crap out of the Hawks, 112-99 to in Game 1. Uh, Boston was head as ahead by as much as 32 in that game. They led for 45 minutes of the... Um, 45 of the 80, 48 minutes in that game. And it was effectively a wire-to-wire beatdown by Boston. Excuse me. I can't get in business with the Atlanta Hawks. I'm pretty much over that team. I can't stand the way Trey Young plays. And your team takes the identity of its best player. And he just typically uh, goes absent on defense and doesn't move off the ball. So I'm not betting the Hawks. I whiffed on the un- or the over on this game because Boston got out to such a big lead. They took their foot off the gas. Atlanta kind of climbed back into that game, but that, that over was just dead um, from pretty much the first quarter on. So how I've decided to bet game two of this Hawks-Celtics is I'm going to look at a player prop, and I'm going over Jalen Brown's 27.5 points. He scored 29 on 52% shooting in game one, was only two for three from behind the arc, and only had three free throw attempts. But he led, he led Boston in usage rate, and he... he he played really well against the Hawks during the regular season. In his two games against the Hawks during the regular season, he only scored 23 points per game, but it was just on 30 and a half minutes per game and 57% shooting. So he's getting good looks. He's uh, connecting on his field goals at a high volume. And he's also going to get the easier defensive matchup in this one. 
uh, Atlanta's best defensive wing, DeAndre Hunter, will probably be preoccupied with Jason Tatum. So that leaves DeJounte Murray to guard Jalen Brown. DeJounte Murray is an absolutely terrific on-ball defender, but the fact of the matter is, is he's too small to to guard Jalen Brown. Uh, Jalen Brown's got two inches on him and roughly 40 pounds. And Jalen Brown is a good post player, good in the mid-range, and I think with his um, physical advantage over DeJounte Murray, he's just going to be able to kind of get whatever he wants in this matchup. The Atlanta Hawks defense is terrible. Um, anyways, so they don't have much to guard Jalen Brown and or Jason Tatum. DeAndre Hunter's pretty good, but not good enough. And Atlanta's um, defensive vulnerability is on these mid-range jumpers, which is where Jalen Brown mostly operates. He takes a lot of long uh, mid-range jumpers and a lot of just regular mid-range jumpers. And again, um, Atlanta's uh, defensive field goal percentage is 18th in the NBA, according to cleaningtheglass.com, versus a, those mid-range jumpers. So I'm going to take Jalen Brown over 27.5 points. Uh, for the record, I do go a little lighter on these player props in comparison to sides and totals. I'm running pretty hot in these player props, so that's good, but I'm just more comfortable betting sides and totals. Speaking of which, I have a side and a total in the Knicks-Cleveland Cavaliers game, too. I'm taking the Knicks plus five and a half points, and I'm going under 214. I think both teams want to turn this into a rock fight. They both play at a very slow pace um, and both play a lot of ISO one-on-one offense, which is inefficient, and I think it's going to be easy to for these two quality de- defenses to kind of bottle up. Obviously, Jalen Brown, or excuse me, uh, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, Donovan Mitchell, and to a lesser extent, Darius Garland can all get theirs. I just don't see their teammates helping out much, especially against, again, these two really outstanding uh, defenses, the Knicks and Cavaliers. Uh, The Cavaliers more so than the Knicks. Where the Knicks have an edge is the rebounding. Um, They out-rebounded the Cavaliers or are out-rebounding the Cavaliers by 9.2 rebounds per game in their five matchups this, this season, which includes... Game one, um, their Josh Hart has um, been a menace off the bench for the New York Knicks, and since he's joined the Knicks at the trade deadline, they're second in total rebounding rate. Over that span, the Cavaliers are only 28th in rebounding rate, and uh, grabbing boards and winning the battle of possessions is the most important thing in basketball, and it's even more so important in the playoffs. Speaking of winning the possession battle, um, the New York Knicks have a lower offensive turnover rate because Jalen Brunson has brought a, um, a steadiness to that offense and really does a good job of, of keeping everyone organized on the New York Knicks. Also, the Cleveland Cavaliers are just too dependent on Donovan Mitchell to score and don't really have anything outside of him. And furthermore, the New York Knicks are stacked at um, on-ball perimeter defenders. I'm talking Quentin Grimes. I'm talking R.J. Barrett. I'm talking Josh Hart and Emmanuel Quickly. These guys um, could all do a pretty good job against Donovan Mitchell, do a very good job against Darius Garland, and they effectively took Karis LeVert out of the game um, on, on Sunday, I believe was game one. 
So between how deep the Knicks are in defense in the backcourt and Cleveland's just need for Donovan Mitchell to go nuts, I think the Knicks plus the five and a half points is a good look. And I also think the pace of the Cleveland Cavaliers-Knicks contest um, point to a lower scoring game as well. Um, Again, both offenses are ISO heavy, and that will make it easier for the defenses to show up. The first five Knicks-Cavaliers meetings um, had an average total of 210.8, and they are uh, two and three to the under. Um, game one, the pace was at 90.9 and the NBA regular season average was 99.1. So this Cavs Knicks game is probably going to be a rock fight. There's pretty, uh, outside of Jalen Brunson and Julius Randall for the Knicks and Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell for the Cavs. I don't have a lot of faith in either offenses. So let's go with under 214 and Cavs-Knicks game two. And then the final matchup, I'm going back to the well with the Clippers at the Suns game two. I took the Clippers plus um, seven and a half in game one. That covered when they beat the Suns minus or 115 to 110. There are eight-point dogs in this one. Um, could get up to eight and a half if you wait a little longer, but I got to lock in a bet for content purposes, and I'm just going to grab the eight points now because, as I said, um, when I broke down this 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 game in writing on Sunday, Kawhi Leonard is the best player on the floor, and he proved that in game one at least. He had 38 points, which is a game high, shot 13 to 24 from the field, five rebounds and five assists, and his defensive versatility uh, essentially makes him the best player on the floor, and, and in my opinion, giving him a slight edge over Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is phenomenal offensively, but the Suns are still figuring out whose role is is whose, I guess, um, between Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant threw 11 assists in game one, and while that looks great on paper, um, I, I think it's further proof that the Suns don't really fully have a... a um, a strategy in place on how to use Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Um, because frankly, Kevin Durant shouldn't be passing that much. The Suns need KD to score 30 plus and not dish out 11 assists and not try to like fit into, to what Phoenix is doing. He needs to effectively make this his team. Also, I just like the Clippers depth. I give Ty Lu, the Clippers head coach, an edge over the Suns head coach, Monty Williams, and I think Russell Westbrook's physical, um, um, I don't know, physical ceiling, for lack of a better way of putting it, relentlessness and aggressiveness, are going to continue to give Phoenix headaches. Uh, Chris Paul is on the the downside of his career; isn't nearly the athlete he used to be, or the, um, and, and and Westbrook looked. Looked like a um, a live wire out there in game one. He was only 3 of 19 from the field, which should get a little bit better if he continues to be aggressive. But he made crucial defensive plays, um, was hustling all over the place, and looks 
like he knows this is his final and best chance to win an NBA championship being on the Clippers here. Also, the Suns have a little bit of a problem of sending their opponents to the foul line. And if Westbrook can keep attacking, keep being aggressive, he can help uh, get the Clippers into the bonus and and get a lot of cheap, easy points at the free throw line. So I'm going to go with the Clippers plus eight, locking that bet in, along with the Clipper, uh, the Knicks plus five and a half. I'm going under 214 in the Knicks Cavaliers game two. And I'm also going over 27 and a half points for Jalen Brown. Um, those are my four picks in the NBA Tuesday slate. I'll try to do a better job of getting out a podcast earlier for a Wednesday, but best of luck to you guys, whether you fade or follow me. Hopefully you're following me because I feel locked into these NBA playoffs. Can't wait to talk to you guys tomorrow. Good luck, homies. Peace. Peace.